there's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new a new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. And if you look at Israel, mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death. The booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. The plan is for every adult, every adult to get a booster shot. It's uh, clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved in. Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, April 15th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Very important stuff to go over here, seeing as how the narrative has completely shifted to the point to where they're openly admitting what we have been telling you for a very long time on corporate media now. So we're going to go over that to start, and it's probably going to be a little bit shorter than usual. We'll see what I can do. The point today was just to get something out because I wasn't planning on doing a show. I really wanted to let Taylor's outstanding interview stand, but there's so much information that I just keep putting off, and especially around COVID that I want to talk about today. So I really just kind of put together what I had off to the side around a couple of things that have been building and some new stuff that we saw today. And a couple of points to start that I just wanted to point out some carryover from yesterday in regard to Ukraine, but this is going to be predominantly COVID today. It's just really interesting to watch how this has de developed over the over the, the years, really, which is crazy to say. We've watched this happen. And the information that we were reporting within months of this discussion, not just guessing at things and, you know, as many of the Scott Adams discussions would, oh, we just got lucky and 
guest into the right discussion, right? No, no. We've been looking at source material, peer-reviewed science months into this. Many of the things that are now barely being slightly admitted to were things that a lot of the independent media were telling you were happening right in the beginning. And it's, and it's something that should frustrate you, but we're happily seeing this come out. But to what end? Does that mean it's going to change? doesn't seem like it. In fact, it didn't change. The narrative slowed down, but everything kept going. Now here we are again, and they're really just, I mean, as much as they're admitting these things, it's coming back. Masks are not, I mean, again, not even coming back. The narrative is coming back. The masks never stopped. Hospitals, most main locations controlled by high corporate levels were completely in lockstep with the masks and the locked everything. They just stopped forcing and yelling at you about it on your day-to-day -day lives. Everything else kept going. And you saw that when you went into hospitals, when you went into any other kind of engagement in that regard. Making sure somebody's saying something about mic volume issues when the clip is done playing. Uh, okay, I hope. Well, I hope. Let me know if my mic is okay in the chat. Please let me know, guys. Um, now, the the frustrating part is that this is going to come back regardless of what the what we've found out, what we've proven, right? That masks don't have a statistically significant effect on transmission. They proved that before COVID started. Then they pretended like it didn't exist, and now it's coming right back at you again but they're still using them. Lockdowns were shown to be detrimental to your health in a thousand ways, yet they're coming back. In fact, they haven't stopped in regard to quarantines. And I mean, we've seen them happen in regard to uh, shooting or, oh, we're going to lock down because of an emergency. They're just keeping this idea going. Please let me know in the chat if my volume on the mic is okay. Anybody want to jump in? I'd appreciate that before I get started so I know if the volume is low. Good. Oops. <laughs> I throw my pen. Great. Volume fantastic. Okay, so let's jump into this today to talk about what we're seeing here in regard to how this is not going to stop, but be in, that's regardless of whether or not it's proven to not work. In fact, as they admit that these things are hurting you in regard to the focal point of today, which is the admission of the information we have known. <laughs> okay, so mixed information. So I guess we'll just move forward. So let, let's jump right into the starting point today which is something I found very interesting. This, in, this discussion is, I, I, I don't, I really, I don't really understand why anybody for that matter, some people get played by these partisan games. Even the people that know that the, the partisanship is a manipulation. So why are we pretending? I said, Elon Musk cares about our free speech. Why do we fall prey to these obvious partisan games? Why does anybody think that the anything even remotely is going to change regardless of what happens with Elon Musk? Why do we believe that he is somehow now suddenly a champion of our free speech? If anybody buys that, I feel like we're being played by partisan manipulations. I mean, really, like I, I the, the idea that he will step in, first of all, and be allowed to take like if if his action of taking some kind of stock in this and that would potentially change the direction of the company was actually something that was on the table, that would mean, I mean, let's put it, let's reframe it. We know that Twitter, Facebook, these groups are 100% hugely used by intelligence agencies. The apparatus in general, your governments, we know this. That's not a secret. When you work with Atlantic Council to influence what gets censored, you're using the government or the government is using you. That's Facebook, but it's the same part with any group we're looking at. 
So then we're going to believe that they would just let somebody with another agenda step in and just take control from them. I mean, this is the idea. This is like pretending that our voting actually changes their policies. It's childish, guys. It's adult-level Santa Claus to think that they would plan these kind of things, they being the actual controllers, manipulators, high-level influencers, unelected technocrats of the world, the public-private partnerships, the you know the wealthy people that actually make things happen. If we really had effect on their long-term plans, they wouldn't let us do it. Now, that seems conspiratorial to people that don't want to see it. But the reality is with this kind of situation, this is the most obvious distraction I could, that I, you know, I was going to go in another direction there, but the most, one of the most obvious distractions that I've seen in a long time. Jordan says, Twitter alts are pretty much cooked if Elon takes over. Don't need free speech, Twitter, if Twitter itself once more defends free speech. Okay. So the idea that one, that he would step in and just do that is pretty naive to me personally. But then on top of that, why do we assume that he would even care enough about your free speech as one of the obvious elite oligarchs in this situation? I mean, I, you know, I could keep going in a lot of angles on this, but I think at the end of the day, this is about creating the situation that's the two parties, the, the binary way we view the world, either Musk is going to save us or it's, or they're going to continue to censor people for their agenda, like left versus right. That's what this boils down to. And then why do we need somebody to save us? Why do if we're so obviously aware of how manipulated this platform is, why do we still engage with it? Why do we try to say, and you see what I mean? Like this just gets very frustrating for me. Here is if the game is fair, the game, right? The game is fair. Elon will buy Twitter. That's it, period, right? Because that means it's either fair or it's not. Either he'll buy it and it's fair or he won't and it's not. This is the binary world that you get forced into when you believe that there's only two choices. If the game is rigged, there will be some reason why he won't be able to do it. That's it. It's just that simple to these people. Or how about he doesn't even believe what you think he does? How about he's pretending to so you think he's something he's not? How about he just does it for profit? I mean, there's a probably... 50,000 different realistic examples of what are potentially potential situations that might be taking place other than either he's on your side or he's not. Why do we fall for this stuff? There will be some reason why he won't be able to. We're about to find out how deep the corruption goes. That's it's that simple, right? This, I mean, I, I'm sure you can sense my frustration with the fact that anybody buys into this. Bill Gates can dictate global public health policy and everyone's okay with it. But Elon Musk owning Twitter is outrageous. Now, yeah, I mean, I actually agree with that, that take, but why is it boiled down to Gates or Elon, left or right? Because Elon is now suddenly some hero of the conservatives. I don't understand that. If Jeff Bezos can own the Washington Post, Elon Musk can own Twitter. But why is it even about him owning? He's not even on the table to own Twitter. He bought in with a certain amount of stake. Then there's the discussion of whether or not he wants to buy out. I mean, I don't want to get, actually don't even want to get into the whole conversation, the poison pill and the whole, whole damn thing that I, cause I don't believe this is actually what's going on, but exactly. Why does it even matter? Unless you think that he's a hero and we're looking for a savior. That was my point. Elon Musk is like the first guy who got rich and then did cool stuff with his money. Thanks, Cernovich, for your classically, in well, your hot ticks that are driving people into the two-party paradigm because that's profitable for you. Here is where we're going to start today. And I want to do this quick. 
Fact check. Did BBC report blame Ukraine for uh, the Kramastork station, bo station bombing? Now, I covered this in the last show, right? We talked about this at the end of the show. And what we talked about was I, I knew this is how this was going to be used. In fact, I'm of the belief, my opinion, it's a guess, but it's my opinion that if this is anything, this was a video that BBC made themselves so they could debunk it. Or that it would mean either way, this the bottom line is this is BBC debunking a video and whether or not they made the video, whether or not the information within the video is factual is a side small point they discussed, but that's not what this is about. Did BBC report blame Ukraine for the bombing? Their fact check is no, because we didn't make the video and that's it. But I knew how this would be used and probably why they did it, that people would hear this, see this and assume that everything we're reporting is coming from this and that we got tricked by the video and it turns out it wasn't even real. And was I right? Yes, I was. Fake. So what's fake? The video that I didn't even re watch or report on? Yes. Or so they say. But he's under the impression the video is fake. Therefore, my reporting is based on that, which means it's fake. Which means this guy didn't even look at my reporting or, in fact, even look at what BBC's reporting said. This is the level we're fighting right now. The level of, oh, is that what the, oh, the, oh what, what, let me see where to say fact check. Did they do this? Uh, let's see, down here, claims that it didn't happen, fake news or whatever says that. Oh, we're done. We're done. That's like the, the Snopes level that we brought people to. Oh, we're, where's the fake false check mark? There it is. Okay. So the reason this is important is because this is the kind of thing that we're getting. Not just T-Lab, but everywhere. John Johnson says, this is pure Russian misinformation. And why does he say that? Well, because the BBC works to remove a fake video claiming Ukraine. Okay. Or no, BBC did not air a video claiming that neither of those even go into the conversation that I'm having, but he calls it misinformation because they debunk another person's video about what the BBC said. This is the abstract, ridiculous nature of this, but he's convinced this is fake because of this report that didn't even get into what we're talking about. No, the BBC did not air a video claiming Ukraine bombed one of its own train stations. It did, though, right? And the evidence proves that in from a thousand different angles, which has nothing to do with whether or not BBC had a video or whether or not it was real. This is the infuriating the situation that we find ourselves in. And yes, I'll acknowledge that maybe this is not even important enough to point that. Maybe this is the reason or trying to take my attention away. But the reason I want to point that it is simply to show people the level of manipulation that's taking place and the forethought that even BBC, Western press, what they're doing, whether it's them or some kind of manipulation, getting ahead of that, like making, this is counterintelligence, guys, making stuff to be able to sidestep the reality when that's not even what it's really about. BBC works to remove fake video, right? The information is what's important. Now, here is the show we did, and you can watch for yourself, where it says all evidence shows Ukraine fired missile on this train station. And it does. Now, here's actually what I said in this report. Over this just because I don't feel like getting into it right now. This is one of these absurd fact checks. This came out on the 13th today. This is literally today. Did BBC report blame Ukraine for this bombing? Like what I pointed out is how ridiculous it was that they went out of their way to be like, we don't have enough evidence. Even though in every other, literally every other example so far, they haven't needed even a shadow of an example. Now I'm talking about the chemical attack with the evidence. They just go, Ukraine says. And the first time they actually get what they want in regard to the chemical attack or the train station, they all act like, oh, well, we don't know. Now, more talking about the chemical attack, obviously, but in this case, it's the same kind of thing, right? What do you mean, did they blame Ukraine for the? The point is, this is a whole article coming out acting like BBC said it looks like it was Ukraine's rocket. 
And I think what they're doing here is getting ahead of how this is already coming out. What they're doing here is not fact-checking whether Ukraine could have done it, but fact-checking whether this video was actually made by the BBC. And guess what the video discusses? Exactly all the things we're talking about. I bet you they did this. So then all of a sudden they can point at it, and when they debunk this, they're not debunking whether the evidence is accurate in that video, they're debunking whether it was actually a BBC video. Right. Bill, please watch the show because there's a lot more than just this discussion. But what's really interesting is two days ago, I literally pointed out that this is how this was going to be applied. And it is. Right. So now these people are under the impression because they read a title that says fact check Russian, you know, and, and that becomes the end of it. There's no need for that person in their mind to go any further because fake news. I don't want to be tricked by Russian fake news. So ignore the reality. I just think that's really interesting. Now, here is another part in regard to this, this, this discussion. So now that they've got the average normies out there disregarding that this is, it must be fake news because the BBC's video wasn't real, as if that's the only place we got any of this information. And it's suddenly because it was it turned out not to be real. Oh, you got tricked and it's fake and that's not real. No, this is based on actual real world evidence. Things like what Scott Ritter discussed and the Azimuth mathematical triangulation of whether the, where this actually came from and the location was completely 100% Ukrainian controlled or on and on and on and all the actual evidence that they don't want to point at. Then this comes out. This was two days ago. What weapon killed 50 people at the station? Turns out what they're saying is looks like there's evidence of a cluster weapon, even though that does not appear to be the reality, seeing as how this was not. A, well, let's put it this way. I'm sure these could be adapted to be this way, but I don't think that's what they originally were. Regardless, this is based on hypothetical. Their investigation has found clear evidence. What is that evidence? It's these, but they're being given from the ground, which is coming from Ukrainian forces. BBC is not investigating this themselves. Period. But that's not the main point. I don't want to go too long on this. The point is that this is about cluster munitions. You know why that matters? Because it seemingly only matters when anybody the U.S. government doesn't like uses them. But when Israel uses them, no big deal. When the U.S. government uses them all the time and makes up excuses for why they have to keep using them, no big deal. But Russia allegedly uses them and everybody loses their mind. Now, that's the point is not to undermine if Russia used them, that that's bad or OK or siding with one side or the other, which all of the idiotic people out there continue to try to pretend we're doing, taking a side, which we're not. It's ultimately about whether or not that you are being lied to from the people trying to carry out an agenda. And if those people are hypothetically saying or pointing out saying they might have used them as they've been caught using them and nothing has happened, that's the most relevant thing in that conversation. Now, once there's actual evidence of whether or not they used them and then also whether or not they're the ones that fired it, because, look, you could prove that these were cluster munitions, right? And then they'd be going, they would go proof they used it. Russia used cluster munitions. Did you prove who fired that? Well, it wouldn't have been Ukraine because that wouldn't happen. Yes, it would. And it, at the very least, it's not proven one or the other. But you see, that's where it stops for them. It's taken at face value. Now, here's also the point about the cluster munition conversation, as well as the last part we'll get to, is why are we suddenly taking it at face value again? Weird how they only cared about whether there's no evidence around the chemical one, and then suddenly we're right back to taking it at face value. But as it says here, oh, this is just the main page in general, cluster munitions, background and issues for Congress updated March 9th. Isn't that interesting? 
Here's what it says. From 2001 to 2002, the United States dropped 1,228 cluster bombs. This is directly from the U.S. Congress, containing 248,056 sub-munitions in Afghanistan. And U.S. and British forces used almost 13,000 cluster munitions, containing an estimated 1.8 million to 2 million sub-munitions during the last three weeks of combat in Iraq in 2003. Nothing happened. In 2006, Israeli uh, use of cluster munitions against Hezbollah forces in Lebanon resulted in widespread international criticism and no actual repercussions. Israel was said to have fired significant quantities of cluster munitions, primarily during the last three days of the 34-day war after a UN ceasefire deal had been agreed to, which is exactly what happens in Israel, Saudi Arabia, which is exactly what's happening in Ukraine when they pretend they have ceasefire. They abuse those situations and blame the other side. This is their modus operandi guys that's not my opinion that's what they do u.s government uk government israeli government because they're dishonest but by the way so is the russian government just in case you thought that only meant one side because you assumed i meant something i didn't say right but it says resulting in almost 1 million unexploded cluster bomblets to which the u.n attributed 14 deaths during the conflict now these then sit there and for the remaining time forever until they're touched stepped on dug up they're ready to blow up and they hurt people, which is what happens. Children, they don't care. But going forward, it says that they well, for in there, it says, well, but we stopped after this period of time. But then they didn't, though. And I'll show you that next. But it says here in February 2022. So what's funny is they haven't updated this to where they're now saying they just used it in the train station, even though they didn't prove that, even though they didn't prove these either. But they added them. Russia allegedly. How does that make sense? This whole report is about things that you can prove. Then they just insert on March 9th the alleged use of these that no one proved. Does this not seem clumsy and broken? This is just, a tr they probably knew people like me would point at this report. Anyway, not to get on sidetrack. Although the allegations have apparently not been officially verified, that's where you can stop reading. Done. Nobody knows this happened at all. This is narrative coming from open neo-Nazis and we're going, well, let's add it to the report. Because they're corrupt, broken, and dishonest. Here is the Human Rights Watch, December 1st, 2017, a decade after they claim they stopped using them forever. U.S. Embassy embraces cluster munitions. Here's where it's, oh, and here's this is an individual from Cambodia. Lovely picture here where it says when a sub when this is this is a young man who lost his eyesight and both hands when a submunition that we just described exploded while he was simply searching for scrap metal on the ground. The U.S. used cluster bombs extensively in this exact location, and of course, uh, they created a deadly legacy of unexploded submunitions and cluster munition remnants. This is their legacy. Now, why don't we care about that? Why aren't we saying carry out investigations? Because this is still happening, guys, right now. They get accused of it in Afghanistan. They get Israel gets accused of it all the time in Palestine. Nobody cares. Now, understand, I did say accused, which means we didn't prove it. But nobody proved the ones happening in, in Ukraine either. But we're already on the track of war crimes investigations. We're not even talking about what Israel does every time or accused of. Just the same way they're accused right now in Ukraine. But nobody cares. One matters without evidence. The other one doesn't. How do we not see that hypocritical stance? We do, is the point. But people have a political agenda. The United States moved to end its long-standing policy not to use unreliable cluster munitions and to destroy its stocks completely disregards the widely accepted international ban on these weapons. The point is they didn't sign the policy they force everybody else to abide by, right? So they're not even a signatory on the policy, but you're going to try to investigate somebody else for their use? 
Why, why is this even allowed? These people are the most dishonest, hypocritical. This is hypo hypocrisy in the definition, the case version. You are literally trying to investigate somebody for the use of something you still use and have not even signed on to the, the, the agreement to not use. Why is that acceptable to anybody? US, the U.S. is not one of the 102 states parties to the convention, which prohibits their weapons and requires clearance. But they sure as hell force other countries to do it says, but the decision reverses the U.S. commitment to not use them. So they said, we're going to reverse our commitment to not use them. Leaving deadly unexploded munitions that can kill for years. What they do is they have this specific middle ground where they go, well, we're going to use them, even though we say that they're dangerous and bad, and any version of them, but we're going to use the ones that just don't fail as much. So we're sure as hell going to use the thing that's really dangerous and is basically a war crime. That's okay because we're allowed to, but nobody else can. But we're going to use the ones that just don't explode after the fact a lot. But they still do. So that's okay? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Why do they have a special situation? Because they're criminals and they control what happens. Human Rights Watch can call Israel an apartheid state. Nobody cares, but they can speak up about something happening in Syria. And everybody loses their minds because we're hypocrites. After spending hundreds of millions of dollars researching alternatives to cluster munitions, which I guarantee that's not even actually what happened, the U.S. has decided it can't, can't produce safe cluster munitions. Did you hear that? They just decided we can't actually produce them. Yeah, they can. 100%. If you can make the kind of things they're making today, you can make a bomb that's not... that. First of all, how about we just don't make bombs and make profit off of the murder of people around the world or the guise of freedom? But that's a different conversation. We can't make them safe, so we'll keep using the unsafe ones. That's what's happening. Why does that even make sense? That's This is Mary Warham, Arms Division Advocacy Director at Human Rights Watch. They literally said we can't make them safer, so we'll just go back to using the dangerous ones that we're right now calling war crimes on Russia for. It's that stupid. But of course, this is why we're fake news, because we point out how dumb that is. Caitlin Johnstone points out a letter to all draft dodgers. Quote, the New York Times is naming and shaming Ukrainian men who fled the country rather than stay and kill Russians for Washington. Can you believe this? We are so far off the rails right now that these people think it's acceptable as a main a corporate media outlet to outline and literally name individual civilians who are choosing not to join the war that is being led by open neo-Nazi war criminals. You know, that totally makes sense, right? Well, uh, Wyatt Reed points out a statement from former U.N. weapons specter, uh, inspector Scott Ritter and confirms what we told you. He says, quote, apparently I've been suspended from Twitter for the crime of challenging the orthodox narrative of the so-called Bucha, Bucha massacre. Suspension being appealed. In the meantime, you can follow him here. Right. Exactly what we thought. He came out and exposed what was a false flag with facts and censored for it. Eva Bartler points out. The very group that carries these things out that we've proven that these entire Western apparatus was openly calling a terrorist white supremacy threat that was having international reach suddenly goes the other direction. Japan has removed Ukraine's nationalist Azov Battalion from its 2021 survey of international terrorism. Right. What changed? So before this started, they were super dangerous. We should <clears throat> all be concerned. Then suddenly... Russia invades Ukraine, and then suddenly they're no longer terrorists, right? Did they change anything? Did they act differently? Did they change their name at the very least? You know, Hi Terrell Sham from ISIS? Nope, none of that. They just literally changed the way they discuss it.
and we act like this makes sense. Think about that. How is that possible? Because Japan is towing the line, which is what Ava Bartlett points out, because they're cowards. Now, Richard Meadows points out Azov are far right, which is what they keep calling them now, because they're finally, this is the, this is the level, the way that this goes, where you're crazy for pretending they're anything other than freedom fighting individuals, training young women and children to fight. Suddenly then they become, well, yes, they are dangerous, but here's why Putin lied. Now they're far right. Now they're a little bit extremist, right? No, you guys just ebbed into that really stupidly because right in the beginning, they were always the same thing. As he says, Azov are far right, the same way Al-Qaeda are moderate rebels. These children that are in the Western press. Up until two months ago, the media had no problem calling them Nazis, neo-Nazis, but that hurts the narrative now. You know why? Because we exposed it. Because before they wanted you to know because they were going to use them. And they still are, by the way. But now they're trying to patch up the narrative and hide the CIA connections. Here is my point about coming to the fruition of where we were moments ago saying, oh, no, we need to get more information about whether there was a chemical attack because we're due our due diligence because we're journalists, right? That's interesting. Then the next day comes more than 900 people found dead because they told us so. Weird. Where did that sudden interest in evidence go? Isn't that interesting? Probably because the whole point of that ridiculous like false false flag was to pretend something happened so they could debunk it because we're journalists. Isn't it strange how every single other thing that comes out of Ukraine is blindly reported with zero due diligence? They said so. Here's our report. But then they go, oh, chemical attack, which was the one thing they kept telling you was actually going to happen. And they all backed away and said, well, there's no evidence. We don't have any evidence. You haven't had evidence for anything that you keep telling us about. By the way, I do agree. Richard does a great job. I would I would love to get connected with him. For, I, I don't know what it is. He just does not respond to me. So I don't know if maybe he doesn't like my work. I'm not sure. But I think he does a great job. And I really would like to get him on the show to discuss his foreign policy perspectives because I respect his work. More than 900 bodies found in Kiev. Right. Oh, you mean the the main capital that that Russia didn't even push into, right? That they tried to pretend they did from the very beginning, that Western press even said the tanks rolled into Kiev on the 24th, 5th of February. Guys, that's verifiably not true. There's a people on the ground showing this, that the fact that they never even got close. They, I mean, the arguments were they were bombing into Kiev. Russia never actually went into the, in, in the, the center of Kiev. They actually said they never were planning on it. But now we're saying, oh, well, they had bodies in Kiev everywhere because now they're pretending they're gone. Police say. Isn't it funny how they don't say Ukraine says or Aza Battalion? Now it's just police. Which police? Don't even think about it because we want to shift up how we report our blindly regurgitated nonsense. Now, tomorrow will be like, mayor says. Which mayor? It doesn't matter. Just can't keep saying Ukraine says, right? Around Kiev. The head of Kiev's regional police force, so the Azov Battalion, said bodies were abandoned in the streets or given temporary burials. He cited police data indicating that they mostly died from gunshot wounds. This is where this is it. Police says the Ukraine government, Azov Battalion, which is is very clearly infiltrated throughout the police force as one of the main things. National Guard, police force were the main two things. That's why they don't say that. They say police. But even the main look at the first paragraph. More than 900 civilian bodies were discovered. In the region surrounding the capital, following the withdrawal of Russian forces, most of them shot, police said on Friday. Weird how they don't need evidence for that one, right? Where's your newfounded interest in evidence? Now, finally, Zelensky says the world should prepare for Russia to use nuclear weapons. Well, gee, 
he must have evidence for such a grandiose claim, right? He says on Friday, he warned that the world should take seriously and prepare for just the possibility based on what? Not only me, I think all of the world, all the countries have to be worried because it cannot, it, it can be not real information, but it can be truth. Well, that's pretty compelling. Let me read that again, just in case you missed that. Not only me, this is Mr. Zelensky, the, the new Churchill is what they call him right now. Not only me, I think all the world, all the countries have to be worried because it can be not real information, but it can be truth. Woo! He's right. It really can be not real information, but can be truth, right? What does that even mean? So it, it can be fake information, but turn out to be real? Is this exactly what the U.S. government was telling you, that we lie for the war information war? My God. And every one of the Western press is going, oh, nuclear weapons. He said nuclear weapons. We need to watch out for new. Based on what? Zelensky saying nuclear weapons exist? Apparently so. If you, if I don't, the, the people out there that see this walk away thinking that they're buying the narrative because of nothing else other than Putin bad guy, the, which makes you about six years old. Zelensky also said Moscow could easily use weapons. That should just be the sentence right there. He said they can easily use these things because they just doesn't value life. Why do we let this happen? So could anybody. Anybody anywhere could literally use these things because they're capable of using things, right? Or that they don't care about lives. Well, let's look at the U.S. government's past or the U.K. government's past or China's past or any of the governments anywhere else. It's always the same thing or Russia's for that matter. They don't care about human life. So the idea that Zelensky would is childish. But this is it, guys. Feel free to skim through here and find that's literally all it is. Zelensky, with a with a fur brow, tells you that things might happen. We live in a fake reality, guys. These people are controlling things like I've never seen. But guess what? You're not buying it. I don't think people are buying it. Finally, U.S. claims Russia, because why not, to blame for Yemen, Yemen starvation. And praises to the Saudi role in apparently stopping Russia or, I guess, not starving them like they are constantly every day and bombing their food and attacking them. Does, do you not see how this is a fake reality? I mean, it doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, there just doesn't literally, less, more, I guess, or less, how do you say that? More than I've ever seen in my life, it doesn't matter. Putin hike, price hikes, right? So Putin, Yemen, starvation, of course. You, you Russian shill, how dare you? Point at all the facts that show you they've been starving them for two decades. Who cares? Putin did it, right? Yeah, hate Russia. Now, what's funny is even right there, right? Those people that want to pretend that are going to hear, oh, oh you Russia. Russia is a government like anybody else. Putin is a leader of a government like any other leader of any government. And none of them are trustworthy. None of them should be trusted. That does not mean that they're not doing things based on their own self-interest that are not the lies that are being sold to you by Western governments. It's just child level. I, you know what? I, I've seen that way too much, but I just can't get past the... It's like we're talking to a bunch of kindergartners because I believe that they actually see this and just don't care. But here we are. Yemen has now been starved for all this time because of what Russia just did in the last couple of months. Makes sense. Who cares? Don't think past it. Then finally, Israeli violent tactics in the West Bank spiral out of control. This is from today from Robert Inlikesh. 
the re- the point on this, just to add last point here, is that they he he's been telling you this is coming. He knew this was coming because he saw it happening. He's been telling you there's a revolution happening right now in the West Bank, and Israel is scared. The government of Israel is very clearly acting out very aggressively, and it's gonna come out, guys. Your your government in the West. UK, United States, they don't care. They've never cared about anyone's life for that matter, but especially Palestinians. The point here is that they're not going to point at it, but it's going to come out because the rest of the world sees this. They are openly shooting people for no reason. They just changed their law, in fact, to be able to shoot someone even when they don't pose a threat. So my point is, this is happening right now. And Robert told you this was going to happen. He said they would take action like this, such as raiding the Al-Aqsa Mosque, because they are trying to scare them back, but it's not working. People are standing up in places they never have before, like the West Bank, which is very different if you don't know the situation than Gaza. Right? These are open, like Gaza is an open-air prison. Hopefully we can all be honest about that today. West Bank includes people, whether Palestinians, less, less predominant, but or Israelis that are they're Israeli citizens to a large degree to some degree. The point is these are places that are usually not what they're worried about. They're focused outward from West Bank. Now they're worried about inside. People are done with this. Israeli soldiers are currently invading Al-Aqsa Mosque, firing bullets, sound grenades, tear gas at Palestinians. Right, just hand just standing there. These aren't armed people, they're praying. Or just in the building. So why would they come in firing bullets? Why wouldn't somebody care about that? Isn't that a crime? Oh, it very much is, but nobody cares. Can you imagine if this happened or even was allegedly to have taken place inside Ukraine right now? Now, you know that makes sense. Even if you don't think, even if you think we're fake news, why doesn't it matter? If all you do is say, well, they're all terrorists, well, then you are a child. Now, let's get over to this talk discussion of COVID-19 because I really want to make sure we point out how obvious this is. Great interview today by... Taylor Hudak, a follow-up interview with Willem Engel. He was arrested four times. The idea is that this is the effort to stop people from speaking. This person is an activist who has been standing up for you from the very beginning. And gets arrested for doing so. They force him. They, they make him sign something you will not post on social media. That in and of itself is unreal. Then he goes to speak at a rally and on the way they arrest him and charge him with sedition. This is the world we live in right now. These things that we used to hold sacred and still do. We just pretend like there's a loophole, I guess, because COVID and you're scared. Yeah, admit that to yourself. The bottom line is he has every right to speak in general. Whether or not the government disagrees, that used to be freedom. But he got out because the judge ruled that it was unconstitutional, right? That it it violated his free speech. But they're still coming after him. When he was in jail, where they hold him for 14 days with no charge, they wouldn't even let him see his lawyer unless he wore a mask, even though he's got a medical, medical exemption. Do you realize how crazy that is? There is now a stipulation. You can't even have legal counsel. Do you realize? I mean, there's nothing that should be standing in the way of that. Like, let's just take it from a U.S. perspective. That's a, I mean, it's the right same in in, in uh, the Netherlands area, areas. But the point in the U.S. specifically speaking as an American, right? You have a constitutional right to legal representation. They have no legal right to say, well, you first have to, no matter what in the world is going on. I don't care if Ebola is circulating. They don't get to say you have to wear a mask to have counsel. Counsel is your right. 
But you see, this is the same idea as saying, well, you have to wear this or take this injection to be able to do this and do that. Same difference, guys. They are violating everything we hold sacred to push this in. And we all see that. But the bottom line is, it's now coming out even from their mouths. But it's still not stopping, which needs to show us something very stark. But please watch this interview because Willem is a hero in my mind for standing up for you and facing down some pretty dangerous things. As I entitled it, as the, I, well, I guess the alleged quote from George Orwell, which is sort of taken paraphrasing really when the, the different ways it's stated, but in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is definitely a revolutionary act. Now here is an important conversation to be heard. I'm just going to play this and we'll go through it. Great job by Kim Iverson. Nails this. Well, for the most part, there's a couple things that, and that's just my opinion. There's a couple things that I think I want to add to that are a little bit more to the story, but Kim knocking out of the park here, like really, really on the one place that is sometimes allowed to squeak this stuff by. And I think this is why I say corporate media allowed. Look, no matter how honest you may think, or I, I, I think Kim does a great job. No matter how honest you think Kim may be trying to get this stuff out on mainstream press, it still has to be allowed by the Hill, by corporate media. So if this wasn't, it, this would have been airing seven months ago, a year ago, if it was allowed to be. Now, I bet you there wasn't somebody other than Kim even trying to get it out there. My point is, even if they were there, they wouldn't have allowed it back then. And we know that. So why now are they letting this information slip out? There's a reason for it. We have to see that. But let's listen to this because Kim does a great job on this. And I just love how the other people, you don't get to actually see them, but the two jokers that she has to sit with forced forced to sit with every time they just have no idea what's going on i just you know i the, the way that they engage with it is hilarious but this guys is what you should already know every single thing in this you already know every single thing and we've already proven and i don't say that lightly on this show but so too have people like dr mccullough or plenty of others this stuff is unequivocal but they're just now allowing it to come out and pfizer was forced to admit it and remember, they wanted to wait until 2076 to release these documents. Why that alone wasn't enough to wake everybody up, I don't know. But then, then, Pfizer was forced to release so, I forget the amount per release, but so many every week up until a certain point because of the lawsuit. Which, by the way, we should respect the people that went to town on that, and this one seems to have worked. But let's take a listen. Somebody's saying there's a description issue. Let me explain further in the chat and I'll look at it while we're playing. Well, another round of Pfizer documents have dropped. This is part of the 340,000 some odd pages the FDA and Pfizer wanted to release over the course of several decades. But instead, the group requesting the documents sued and a judge ordered the FDA to make them available by the end of this year. Well, each round of documents is to be delivered on the first of each month. So this past April 1st, no joke, over 11,000 pages were released. Between these documents and another document released on March 24th to the group, a group called Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency, we've learned some bombshells. The first bombshell in the document is that natural immunity works and Pfizer knows it. The <laughs> Don't you love this stuff? I mean, this is what's so like part of me gets frustrated. Like the idea that we have to wait for them to say the thing we already know. And we don't. We know that. But a lot of people have heard us say this and have shouted us down and said, you're fake news. You don't know. You're not a doctor. We're the peer reviews. Like, over and over and over and over. Or that masks don't work. I mean, it's ridiculous. 
but it just it, it, it to a level is frustrating that it has to come to this point. But this is what we're here for. We've known this from the beginning. The science has said this unequivocally for the longest time. I mean, NIH, nature, science. I mean, all the largest, even the Lancet for crying out loud. So why that? Why is it now only proven once Pfizer releases the document that just says the same thing that we've already proven with scientific peer-reviewed research? Like that, first of all, this is just Pfizer saying that. So why would their statement on a piece of paper be more valid than 45 different peer-reviewed studies? <laughs> it's just so want to cuss really bad right there. Very frustrating. But thank God somebody like Kim is in this position to be able to push this out because I promise you those two would not have even cared if she wasn't there to make it happen. The clinical trial data showed those with previous infection of COVID had no difference in outcome than those vaccinated. In the limited trial, none of the vaccinated nor those with previous infection resulted in severe disease defined by either the FDA or the CDC. They were broken up into two different groups. The FDA and the CDC define severe COVID slightly differently. The CDC roughly defines it as anyone needing hospitalization, whereas the FDA defines it as anyone needing supplemental oxygen. Either way... Now, why would that even be... It's these small things that are, are not as important when you're talking about these bigger discussions, but think about that for a minute. This is the same as having different levels of PCR. Like It's meant to be ridiculous. There is nothing that means anything if every single location look, does it their own way, right? Why, with something so obviously relevant, would you just define it differently? Wouldn't it make sense for them to get together and be like, well, that makes sense. Let's agree on a definition for what's severe. I mean, you, you can't see that as any, anything other than what it is. That way there's wiggle room. Because these people are dishonest. It's that simple. There were zero cases of severe COVID in the natural immunity group, whether they were vaccinated or not. And their own data also showed that natural immunity was statistically identical to the vaccine against infection. Now, see that I just simply can't take at face value. I cannot. That is impossible to me. Now, the only reason I say that is because one, natural immunity has been shown every single main outlet possible scientific showing you that, that's, that it's just exponentially better, especially since these things have already been shown to just dissipate immediately. And that was during Delta two. So this is, seems a little self-serving, not from her perspective, from what she's saying, but from what the, the paperwork is saying, that these things have the same. It's almost like while admitting that natural immunity finally works, they're bringing up the value of their own thing. Fake news. I don't buy it for a second because not only what I just said, but how about all the other things that we now know, which I'll get into next. The un unbelievable pre prevalence of blood clots, heart attacks, myocarditis. I, I mean, Bell's palsy. I mean, I could go on forever. So just recognize that that's, there's no way that's possible. This thing is not natural immunity in regard to anything you're dealing with, in my opinion, with what we know has already come out of these things is exponentially better. Now, yes, that's my opinion, but I think the evidence we've shown you over the process of two plus years is undeniable to show you that what your body already does is way better than what they're trying to manipulate it to do. Now we could get into a different conversation of other normal, but if you want to call them that, vaccinate vaccinology technology vaccine technology I, I actually still disagree with that for a lot of other reasons but i don't want to conflate the two because they are different we're talking about mrna injections specifically and it's just a no-brainer that this is dangerous and that is what's coming out all of this stuff now it gets better and or worse however you want to look at it that's what their data showed yet rather than say 
people with natural immunity don't seem to need the vaccine, which is what they've been saying in Europe, for example. Right. Pfizer instead spun their conclusion and Shocking. said, quote, final efficacy results show that the vaccine provided protection against COVID-19 and participants with or without evidence of prior infection with SARS-CoV-2. Now, not just that. That then got spun even further by literally every single brainless Western press pundit out there that that screamed you down for saying, oh, you're fake news. That's dangerous. That's dangerous misinformation. We were censored, in fact, and removed from platforms for spreading that so-called dangerous misinformation over and over. All right. But we now know and we should have already known that they knew from the beginning that they zero, she said zero incidents of any kind of serious problem with people that had natural immunity, whether or not they got injected. That literally got spun into that doesn't exist, that it's actually dangerous to even discuss the theory of natural immunity. Do you not realize how incredibly dangerously dishonest that is? And I mean, why? see, this is the kind of thing that gets me frustrated. This one point alone should change the entire dynamic. Okay. Now it came out. We now can prove that the media Western apparatus was either dangerously wrong and shouldn't be trusted anymore or chose to lie. But nope, we just keep stepping forward. All the people that want to keep lying, keep lying. And all the people that want to buy, keep buying it. And we live in a fake reality. Just like with WMDs in Iraq. Why didn't that just completely topple the entire Western apparatus? Me Because they're not really caring what you think. Because all the people that lied about Iraq got promoted. And everybody that got proven to be right still got pushed down, even as they got proven to be right. Look at Syria, look at Afghanistan. I mean, you just keep going forever. So they knew, probably to some degree, now they sure and certainly know, but they still look back and go, well, here's why we were not incorrect. We were just dealing with the information at the time. No, you weren't, because we had information at the time that showed that was false. You ignored it, you censored us, didn't care. But see, they know all this to some degree. It is frustrating. Another revelation from the documents was that adverse reactions were more frequent and more severe in younger groups. The document reads, quote, reactogenicity and adverse events were generally milder and less frequent in participants in the older group compared with younger group and overall tended to increase with increasing vaccine dose. Older is defined as right. 55 and older in the study. Of increasing with increased doses. So the more you get, the worse it gets. Right. And this is the obvious reality, guys. This is admitting that this is a problem for the least at risk. The So the lower you go, the worse it gets. But we force it on them because we're all we don't know, because because safety. These I mean, guys, it doesn't matter whether these people bought the lies or not. This is criminal level activity. And we all know that. But it, get ready for literally no accountability at all, despite the fact that this is being pointed out in real time. Now, understand again. We've proven all of this. This is why I'm showing you the clip here instead of breaking down all the Pfizer documents and going through it all because we know all of this already. We don't need Pfizer to write it on a piece of paper for us to know what the peer-reviewed science and other information around it has already shown us. Self was for 16 and above. So the side effects were more frequent and more severe in people under 55, even though we know the younger you are, the less likely you're to experience severe COVID. In fact, one in a million chance of dying if you're under 19, according to Oxford's calculator for COVID-19. One in a million, which, you know, colloquially means, you know, impossible. Ah, that's one in a million. Right. But we're going to give them a shot that has a much, much, much higher chance of causing a more mortal case of myocarditis. That's easily verifiable.
We, I've just gone over this intensively. So why does that make sense to anybody? Because of the unknown? I mean, this is criminal. This is, I mean, these people who are waking up at some level, the ones that have been tricked, to realizing that they have been doing, I mean, I wonder if they would even care that they realize that. But I do think some of them weren't aware they were being tricked into this, but then they just keep going anyway, which, which makes it even worse. According to The Lancet, 16-year-olds have a 99.993% chance of surviving COVID. A 30-year-old is at 99.943%. At 50, their survivability is 99.572%. Only once you hit 60 does it drop below 99%. So think about how ridiculous that sounds. This is the biggest pandemic of a century? No. Very, 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 very obviously not. You don't just get to throw out hypotheticals to go, well, we don't know long COVID and stuff or asymptomatic. And that doesn't matter. It literally does not matter. Not only because they've been proven not to actually be real in this context. I mean, not that it doesn't exist, but like the idea of what we, we always point out, the largest one, and there's plenty more than that large one, 10 million person strong study or just, just under 10 million, only found 300 out of all those people of what they called asymptomatic. None of them were transmissible because why they didn't have any symptoms, which is how respiratory viruses spread, as even Fauci's pointed out. But we still go forward as if, well, we don't know, asymptomatic. Even in China right now, they're pretending there's all this asymptomatic spread. That is not happening based on the peer-reviewed science. But we keep doing it because the trust the science is not even about trusting the science. It's about trusting what they say the science is, which, by the way, is what we said like the first month this started. A document procured during the dump was a consent form for a children's clinical trial of the yeah. Pfizer vaccine. The form is this makes me sick. This makes me sick because what you're going to hear is that they knew it. It's on their form that they didn't release because they don't want you to see it. But yet simultaneously forcing children to take this, forcing them, can't go to school, have to wear a mask, have to force them in a lot of other circumstances or tricking them. Here, come get some ice cream. Right? Come to the clown, come to the circus at the thing. We'll give you shots while you wait. And they knew that this was very high for children in particular. I mean, guys, this is like I'm I, this is crimes against humanity level. It's from December 15th, 2021, so only 15 weeks ago. And it interestingly states some facts that have been labeled by the mainstream media as being misinformation. Exactly. The consent form lists several possible side effects, including myocarditis, which many of us know about. But the document says the rate of occurrence is 10 in 100,000 people. And they don't specify age or gender. So that's much higher than previously reported rates of 1 in 50,000 people. Even then, we know the bulk of those cases are in younger males. Hold on, I want to play that again. But somebody made a good point in the chat saying that, that uh, and I'm, you're right, I don't think the Oxford calculator even adjusted their information after a lot of counts were lowered based on, you know, at, oops, accidents, we found out these weren't real or that it's all PCR testing or that half of the children hospitalizations aren't real. Like, right, those things change dramatically. And he's right. They never, I guarantee they didn't change that. But listen to this point again. Because this is about the myocarditis point and the reality of the risk. I mean, this needs to, this is important. Much higher than previously reported rates of one in 50,000 people. Even then, but the document says the rate of occurrence is 10 in 100,000 people. 10 in 100,000. That's crazy. Not, and not only that, that, I mean, that's, there's, there's plenty of things that are worse, but that's, that is 
unbelievably higher than what they said, but that in and of itself, guys, I promise you is not even the accurate picture. It's not, but that is, that's a lot. And the idea that that is not valid or that even that false, what I think, I do think that's an undershot aggressively, but even that in and of itself is enough to not force this on people. If you know that's possible and it's very dangerous for children in particular, they knew this, they hid it, and then they forced it on people. I just don't see how you walk away from this thinking that this was honest in any way, shape, or form. People, and they don't specify age or gender, so that's much higher than previously reported rates of one in 50,000 people. Even then, we know the bulk of those cases are in younger males. So when controlling for age and gender, the risk significantly increases. The consent form also states, quote, the effects of the COVID-19 vaccine on sperm, a pregnancy, a fetus, or a nursing child are not known. Yep. And this is something that has caused a lot of younger women and parents of teen girls hesitation, which they were demonized over. And people have worried that there could be long-term side effects. Of right. And one of the main things, let me just show you this real quick and we'll come back to it. One of the main things that's incredible to me, as I, I've been showing you this since November 2021. But that not only does it continue and still, and that's, this is the most recent, that's Pfizer's document that was just released at the beginning of the month. And it still says, we don't know if it's safe for pregnant women, for babies or fetal or, or for fetuses. We don't know. And yet the, the Western press will act like you're a dangerous criminal if you suggest that it could potentially hurt reproductivity. They, they don't say we don't know. You, you don't know either. They say it doesn't and you're dangerous misinformation. We've all seen this. How is that possible? Unless we live in a manipulated, top-down controlled society. That's We're watching this take place. Even as it gets admitted on the Hill, they still act like in the mainstream discussion that you're a maniac. Oops. I need to pin that. I was going to search really quickly for... Uh, let's do does the COVID-19 vaccine affect fertility? There is no evidence. The vaccine hurt fertility, right? They, no evidence, no evidence. Study finds they don't affect it over and over and over. So right now they still say we don't know. And the reason they don't know is because their evidence, well, here's the point though. They do know because their evidence already shows you, as I've showed you many times, that it does show a almost 10% reduction in, in reproductivity in the female rats. They just say, well, it wasn't below 25%, so we don't have to report it. I've shown you guys this a thousand times. So because of some loophole in the reporting, we act like it's not there? Criminal. But my point is it still says it right here. The safety of the vaccine is not known in pregnant breastfeeding women, women. but yet the Western press, other than Kim Iverson, still shouts you down for saying that. God darn it. That is the most dangerous. I mean, it's, this is criminal. Affecting fertility, despite these scientists admitting in this consent form that they simply do not know, it has been espoused as fact that the vaccines don't have any adverse effects on reproduction whatsoever. But the fact is, we simply don't know. Well, and again, I disagree with that. We do. We don't know the full picture and it could be worse or maybe it could be less based on new studies, but we do know, we do know for sure that there's been many studies that have found obvious issues. Or how about the fact that we just showed you that yes, the lipid nanoparticles 100% collect in your testes and your ovaries. That's a fact. It's on their study they did. They just don't talk about it.
So these are facts, guys. They do affect your reproductivity 100%. And that's why they're pretending they don't know. And, and the reason they say they don't know is because they didn't include it in the study, which, by the way, is unprecedented. They always do these studies on especially pregnant women, and it's usually after the fact, but the point is that they do, especially before they give them to pregnant women. But they just choose not to. You know why? Because they know there's a problem. Just like they continue to choose not to study immunocompromised patients, yet they force it on them first. The safety is not known for those people. Fauci just said they should get the fifth one or the fourth one, which is whatever 37th injection we're on. How is that possible? Another data, another idea condemned as a conspiracy theory is what's called an ADE response, antibody-dependent reaction. This is when a vaccine ends up triggering a worse illness than what the person would normally experience. And doctors like Robert Malone, who have been sounding the alarm of this as a possible reaction to mRNA vaccines, have been demonized and smeared, yet the consent form clearly states, quote, although not seen to date, it cannot yet be ruled out that the study vaccine could make a later COVID-19 illness more severe. You couldn't have mentioned me, Kim. <laughs> I know Kim knows that I've been dying on this hill since the very beginning. And in fact, Robert Malone was even behind us in regard to talking about this topic because we've been diving into this since this study. So it's not up in the air, guys. This is the frustrating part about this. And this is my this is why what you're reporting, Kim, and I, which I'm proud, I'm glad she is, is what Pfizer is saying. But even then, still, we have plenty of information that's been out there since the since December fourth, twenty twenty, which wasn't wasn't hypothetical. It was one hundred percent, at least with a study found the specific and significant risk of antibody dependent enhancement that it should have been prominently and independently disclosed to the people they were testing on. Not because it was hypothetical, because they found it and it was real and it was obvious, very clearly. It says the it, the it says right here that the it may worsen the an, via antibody dependent enhancement. Peer reviewed. March 2021. You see what I mean? This has been there. This is not hypothetical. This is 100% possible. This is, and, and this is exactly what we tried to show you from the beginning that plenty of other doctors said, that Fauci said. All of it's there from December 2020. And it's always been there, a peer-reviewed scientific study on the National Library of Medicine. But yet still, even right now, they're only talking about it in the context as if it will, Pfizer said, and I, I, just, I just can't get past. Well, keep doing it. Every single time, over and over and over. If it were really not even something to be vaccine, could make a later COVID audience. And doctors like Robert Malone, who have been sounding the alarm of this as a possible reaction to or Ryan Christian mRNA vaccines, have been demonized and smeared. Yet the consent form clearly states, "quote Although not seen to date, it cannot yet be ruled out that the study vaccine could make a later COVID-19 illness more severe." So if it were really not even something to be concerned about, the form wouldn't even bring it up. Yet here it is saying they can't rule it out yet. Exactly. Which means, by the way, the same point I'm making with the myocarditis or with the pregnant women or the reproductivity, they do very clearly already know this because that is in their face. I promise you. If you don't think that Fauci is aware of this study that is literally posted on the National Library of Medicine, NIH, right there, then you're lying to yourself. They've known about this from the very beginning. They've known about it since back when before when I keep showing you that they tell you this, right? That they knew this. They tell you. There's another element to safety. And that is if you vaccinate someone 
and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. Like you. So you're the study. You're the test. Right. So we'll never find out until we just let it out and see what happens. That's literally what he's saying. And now we did. And now we see it. And then this peer reviewed study, not only found it in 2020, but peer reviewed on March 2021 said, yes, 100 percent. That's what the study says. Not that I'm saying it's 100 percent, but they very clearly say this is not possible, but is happening. Vaccines designed to elicit neutralizing antibodies may sensitize vaccine recipients to more severe disease. Now, they do say may. My point is, though, in the conclusions, they say this specific and significant risk needs to be told to people or or unless and if they don't, this is the most important part in order to meet medical ethics standards for informed consent, meaning that ever since this point, when they didn't do that, they were not meeting informed consent because it was possible and they knew it. Been saying this since December 2020. But of course, it goes to the, you know, larger outlets out there, which is all good as long as it gets out and the information is shared. The problem is that a lot of these people that are standing on the shoulders of those that have been fighting this the entire time aren't really with good intentions. There's a lot of people out there that have done this from Syria to other topics, stand on the shoulders of good people, people like Vanessa Bealey, and pretend that they're fighting for you. Okay. The reality is that right now we need to be very careful about who steps into the field acting like they've always been there. And no, I'm not talking about Kim Iverson. I think Kim does a really good work. I just do think that she's chained down by the Western, the corporate discussion here or the people on saddled on side of her. Like, why, why don't we just give her her own show? <laughs> right. I mean, for clearly, she's the only reason people watch this show. Those two people she sits next to are ridiculous. But think about how ridiculous and obvious that is, as she points it out. Another interesting admission from the document dump is this statement, quote, clinical laboratory evaluations showed a transient decrease in lymphocytes that was observed in all age and dose groups after dose one, which resolved within approximately one week. So in plain English, this means white blood cell counts dropped. Think VADES, by the way. And by the way, uh, uh, oh, you know what? I was going to include that. I don't think I grabbed it. A great little clip from Dr. Malone where he's discussing this and he's right. And this is important. It's exactly what I've been talking about in regard to the conflation of the idea of HIV AIDS, that when people hear that, they don't think autoimmune issue, right? They don't think that, you know, the, 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 what AIDS ultimately stands for, right? They think of the politicization, I can't say that apparently, of the topic. And they conflate the idea of the narratives around it and and HIV specifically. What we're just simply talking about is how this thing leads to a vaccine-induced version of autoimmunity, autoimmune disorder or deficiency. That's what we're talking about. It doesn't have to be even associated with the politicized idea of HIV slash AIDS, which is the same conversation, the same thing that we dive into and we we find out that it's not sound in regard to whether one causes the other or whether they even exist. Like these are sp- super taboo and they were more so back then. But now with COVID opening up this door again, we're starting to realize that this might be more than, not, this might be the same issue, the same manipulation. But we're talking about, and, and it's being revealed to you right there. This is causing that. Now, is this 
what we're calling COVID or what we've called HIV or some variation there in the middle or some grouping of, you know, this with flu, pneumonia combined as the, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but we need to see that this is not the fake news. They called it. Now, if you are standing back, realizing these things are now coming out that they've called aggressive fake news, please take a further step back and ask yourself what else they probably lied about, or how about just what else they could have lied about in that one week after the first dose of the vaccine. So this is leaving a person with a weakened immune system for a week after getting the first dose of the vaccine. And you know how long you've known that? Since we reported that months and months and months ago because of what Pfizer's own documentation showed you, right? Remember? It was a five, it was a I think it was 5 to 9 days. You have a a, a increased risk of getting sick. Then after thir- after three months, it goes down again, but se- goes to 75% negative efficacy. So you have a, a week in the beginning where you're more likely to catch it and this brief period where you have some kind of action, but there's all these possible side effects that are hurting your body, that are training your body not to work and on and on and on. And then after that three month period, and actually way before that, it just starts, it gets to the worst part after three months, it creates negative efficacy. That's why right now the UK data that they now hid from you shows you that in every category, you have almost a four times increased risk of catching COVID if you've got these injections in your body. Gee, I wonder why they're hiding it from you. So there's a lot of things that we could speculate from this, like, is this why we saw sudden spikes in cases in countries that began mass vaccination campaigns, you know, with people weakened immune systems, where they are catching the virus a lot uh, more vulnerable to catching the virus suddenly for that little period of time. Also, uh, since people weren't even considered partially vaccinated until a week or so after getting the dose, did this skew the infection rate? If you got a bunch of immunocompromised people uh, for that week running around and then catching the virus and then they're considered unvaccinated, is that fair? These are questions that that kind of leads us towards. But in the least, it seems like this would be good information for people to know about when you want to know that your immune system is perhaps compromised for a week. You'd maybe be more careful. We're at least learning about it now even though we didn't know about it before, but now we're learning about it because of the data the FDA and Pfizer didn't want released. We're finally seeing it. Right. Well, my question that I have to say is why weren't they aware of it before? Right. She's aware of my work. Are we really just now only seeing this? And it's not just me. Like if you're aware that Robert Malone was saying it and she pointed that out, why is, I mean, see what I'm saying? Like there's a still a corporate presentation there. I know Kim knows about this stuff. Because we've talked about it, or the one that I haven't talked to in a long time before. I we I anyway, we when I interviewed her a while back, we talked about this stuff off and on air. The point is that she knows about this stuff. So why then right now present it as if we only now first know about it because they finally released it? You see what I'm saying? That's the Hill's control of that. It has to be because I know that she knows about it. It's frustrating because it has been there. We've been talking about it since December 2020, and so have a lot of other people pointing out the reality. Now, this is kind of a funny thing to point out. Remember, remember Mr. M-Dog, Z-Dog debunker? Look at his little, look at his face. Oh, it's so dumb. Antibody-dependent enhancement. You're such fake news. Remember this guy? He's still out there, still doing it. But he's wrong. And he was wrong then. And he knew he was wrong. Because, I again, the same idea. It was always there. But his, his as I, and this is the, the, the title, how fact checkers are ignoring a specific and significant risk. He literally acted like this was the dumbest thing of all time with their sidestepping dismissal videos where they go, oh, you're, these people are so stupid. Here we are. Now, is he going to come back and go, oh, Pfizer admitted it and I was wrong? No, he won't because these people are not, 
I don't know. I could subjectively buy. I don't know for sure. Maybe he's real and he got tricked. I don't know. But there's so much of this happening. This smug dismissal of easily provable things. It's all been there. It's all right in front of you. Now, this is also really important. I, and I, I was going to play this video in general, but I want to give a shout out to the D train here in his channel on bit, bit shoot because he sent this to me. And this is actually really important. He does a, there's a couple of great things he points out. Really, the overarching point is how they're still pushing that everybody has to get injected if you work at the hospital spe specifically. And this is despite the fact that all the evidence is showing that this is not working. Right. That if you right now have a four times increased risk of catching this and spreading it to other people, which is what the UK data is showing unequivocally. Why would you force this on people, let alone make them have take it for crying out loud? You're increasing the problem and they know this. That's why they're hiding it now. But the one thing I want to point out, big shout out, because I do. I did. I, I'm actually shocked that I didn't see this. This is what he was pointing out. And we just we've been going over this. Let's update it and see what it is today. Probably goes up. Oh, of okay, go. I was going to say, man, of course they changed the whole damn thing on me. Well, I, and it's now speaking of that, I shouldn't have updated in case they did change this. Okay, good. This, this, this is a really important catch that he made. And I, this is 100% from D train here. We've been showing you this for a while, which, by the way, in and of itself is incredible. If they're pretending right now that this thing is only, you know, it, Maybe that maybe it makes you catch it more, which they're not even really saying, but it, well, hospitalization and death are super, super reduced. Well, no, it's not very clearly. This is Ontario. And for the podcast, it's almost 70. It's, it's just under 75% of people in the ICU, not just in the hospital, but in the emergency room, which means that they're struggling, right? For one reason or another, they're at the level where they're putting, they're being introduced to the ICU intensive care. 75% of that is people with injections. And it's been like that for four, what, how long have I been looking at the, the UK? Four months? So four months cont continually, they've had up to 75% of the ICU, or at least it's been about 60 to 70% nonstop people that are injected. That just does not make sense. You can't keep saying, well, the majority are injected. That doesn't change the fact that that means the most people are being hurt are people that are injected. Then just hospital is well over 75%. Now, here's the point he makes, though, and this is important. First of all, the definitions on fully vaccinated. What does it say? Fully vaccinated cases, number of cases where symptoms started 14 days or more, which, of course, then is an obvious manipulation where you get an injection in your body, and then immediately you should start to gauge whether that thing has an effect in your body because we've seen things happen instantaneously, especially since the peer-reviewed science shows that both the spike protein, the mRNA, and the lipid nanoparticles are circulating your body within an hour. They just keep hiding from all these peer-reviewed things and pretend that we're fake news. The point is, 14 days or more. So that first 14-day period, which, by the way, Ontario and a lot of other places, Alberta specifically, accidentally showed you, is where the vast upwards of 75% of the problems actually start. Go to 21 days and it's almost 80%. Okay, that's why in Alberta and Scotland, they're now doing up to 21 days after the first dose. And what they do is they kick back anything that happens into the unvaccinated category. So 13 days, you die, that's unvaccinated death. And we know this, it says it right there and that's what they're doing. But that's not the most important part. Partially vaccinated. It says number of cases where symptoms started 14 days or more after receiving a two-dose series between zero and less than 14 days after the second dose. Okay. 
Now, you would expect if it says unvaccinated cases that the definition would apply to literally anybody that has nothing. Nothing. Because partially is already there, right? So that accounts for that middle ground. That's people that one or, or so on, right? Unvaccinated. Here's what it actually says. Look, it goes from unvaccinated cases to not fully vaccinated cases. Okay, well, wait a minute. If you just said not, it doesn't, right? Unvaccinated. Okay. And then this is partially. So explain to me what the difference is between partially and not fully. Aha, they're caught. That is a ploy. Then read what it says. Numbers of cases where people did not have any dose. Okay, well, that's just un, that's not, not fully. So they're conflating those things, right? Then it says symptoms started after receiving the first dose. Okay, wait a minute. That's exactly what this says. After the first dose. So how do you explain that? How is it possible that you can have the both category? I can tell you why. Because they are dumping these things into here as they see fit. If you literally have the exact metric on both of them, well, then you can decide which one it goes in whenever you want. That is literally lying. That's criminal. Okay. Then you realize that this is just a game where they are dumping things in unvaccinated when people have vaccines in their body. Which, by the way, you shouldn't be surprised about because we've been telling you that since the very beginning. But I'm so thankful to D-Train for pointing out that they actually wrote it down. You can't have not fully and unvaccinated as the same thing unless there's a manipulation taking place. Now, let's get into some of the other points about the myocarditis and the reproductivity. This, this is the stuff that we're hearing, and it's coming out, but they're still pretending like it's not there. This is a member of parliament's re reading off what they're trying to hide from you. And of course, getting shouted down and heckled by the people that are, you know, invested in the narrative. In the Waterloo area, 86 stillbirths have occurred from January to July. And normally it's roughly one stillbirth every two months. But here's the kicker. One stillbirth every two months. Now it's 86 in one. Or was it one month? Or what do you say? Let me say it again. Stillbirths have occurred from January to July. Oh, January, July. So it's in a, in a series of months, but the point is that it's 86 in a series of months versus two every other, uh, what he says oh, next. It's roughly one stillbirth every two months. One every two months, which is way more. Now, wouldn't that matter? Wouldn't you want to find out why? Well, of course, they're just going to say, well, COVID, COVID did it. Well, wouldn't you want to prove that? What if it's some other new medication that's not, what if it's not COVID or the injection? What if it's something else? And who cares? We're so desperate not to not to show you what's really doing this, which means they probably know what's actually causing it, that we're willing to just couch it on COVID without any due diligence, knowing that it could be something other entirely, which means they really don't care at all why it's happening, where it's happening, or if it's happening. It's just about covering the injection, which they're invested in, both politically and probably financially. Think about how criminally disgusting that is. Even especially after we just showed you that their own documentation reveals they don't know whether it's happening. And they do actually know, but that's what they state. And yet here he's getting getting shouting down for reading out the statistics which show that it's probably happening, or at least suggest that it might be. They are invested in the counter narrative. But here's the kicker. Mothers of stillbirth babies were fully vaccinated. And you've clearly said on numerous occasions that the vaccines are safe. So, Minister, what do you say to the doctors who told expecting women it was okay to get fully vaccinated? And what should they tell the mothers who deliver a stillborn baby? Minister. 
Thank you very much, Speaker. And first, uh, congratulations to you for the uh, birth of your grandchild. Uh, that is wonderful news, but it is also safe. It has been tested. We are recommending that women who are pregnant do receive the vaccine for the protection of themselves, protection of their baby as well. And that is uh, has been proven. It has been accepted by the uh, uh, Health Canada, by the World Health Organization, by the FDA. That is either what a liar looks like or a blind follower, like a child level blind follower, probably the latter. She just literally lied directly to everybody. It's been studied and it's proven safe and effective for pregnant women. She just said that. Isn't that amazing? We are literally staring at the information. Pfizer literally just released information that says we don't know. And she stands up and goes, you're wrong. It's been proven. It's totally safe for pregnant women. I mean, just recognize how incredible that is. This is how obvious it is that we live in a false reality where they're just blatantly spinning lies they don't even need to prove and hurting people. How can you possibly not get away? How can you get away with pushing injections on pregnant women when you for sure do not know if it's safe? Because we live in a false reality where people who are very dangerous are in control of that reality. It's right there in front of you. This person is a bad person or a blind follower. Probably both. Uh, that is wonderful news, but it is also safe. It has been tested. We are recommending that women who are pregnant do receive the vaccine for the protection of themselves, protection of their baby as well. And that is uh, has been proven. It has been accepted by nope. the uh, uh, Health Canada, by the World Health Organization, by the FDA. Fake news. Um, and this is something that we want to make sure that we can protect everyone. Women who are pregnant, it is entirely safe and she, she said it three times. Recommended for them to receive the vaccine. Fake news. Yeah, they recommend it. They all recommend it. They all say you should do it. It's very clearly not even known whether it's safe. Their own protection, the safety of their loved ones, and the safety of the community. God, I mean, it just makes my skin crawl, right? I mean, it makes me sick. This is real. This is really happening. While it's that simple, it's right there. And it already got admitted to in their own documentation. So this is the kind of world we live in, guys, where this stuff is there. These are the people screaming, trust the science. So they either have no clue what they're talking about and believe that trusting what they're told is the science is enough, or they're a dangerous person that's aware they're hurting pregnant women and don't care. This is where we are. It's hard not to get frustrated about this. It feels insurmountable. But realize that people are seeing it. Trust me, I need to be told that. I'm sure you guys can sense that it gets, I get, I need, you guys need to keep me recognizing that we are making a difference because it's difficult. Sometimes I get swayed by it like anybody else can. And it starts to feel like we're not reaching anybody, but I know that we are on that note. Dang it. I just realized that I forgot to do something I was going to do in the beginning, which I'll have to do tomorrow. I have a whole bunch of stuff I wanted to read and look at. I forgot again. Somebody's out there laughing if they're listening right now that I do this every single time. But I got some really cool stuff that somebody I just got today for my birthday. One's this little speaker amp thing I'm just really blown away by and some books and some other things that I want to read. I just, I love you all more than you know for all the stuff that you send in. And I just need to take some time to shout some of this stuff out, but I will make sure I do it on the next show. I just remembered that just now. Anyway, not to get pulled off on a tangent. Let's keep going forward. Because I just, I mean, it is really incredible that these kind of people are out there driving policy right now. Now, 
Lastly, there's a couple of a couple other points I want to go over where we at. We're looking good on time for sure. Here is Aaron Kyrt MD doing a great job out there continuing to share information that you should be looking at. He says, people, this is not normal. And you are hearing this from any honest uh uh geez, I'm blanking on the term all of a sudden. Uh mortician. No, is that that's not mortician, right? Uh you know, people that conduct autopsies. Why can't I remember that all of a sudden? I guess a mortician is sort of correct. There's another term. Give me in the give me in the in the chat for what we're actually talking about. The the coroner is that right? Anyway, the point is that these are people out there that are at these at these uh, funeral homes that are doing this stuff or wherever else, and they're finding stuff that is unreal. As this says, a 17 inch firing clot taken out of an artery by an embalmer. It's right in front of me. There we are. Earlier this week. Now you can argue that this is fake or like someone in the chat goes, Oh, these things happen when they're dead. And, and you know, they, they don't even, the bottom line is this person isn't, is an act is Daniel Horowitz. I mean, this is the person that's been pointing this stuff out. He knows what he's doing. Okay. He's discussing that this is, this is done at a time where it's law. This is, it's not just because of the excuses people make in the chat. Let's put it that way. This is happening over and over. And it's happening at times where that shouldn't be normal. Why doesn't this stuff matter? Kelly Corda is now recovering after blood clot surgery. You don't know who she is? She is the number two female golf player in the world and has been forced to stop competing due to blood clots at the age of 23. She's vaccinated, of course. Now, yes, could this happen organic without this? Yeah, sure. Of course it could. But why don't we start asking whether this obvious thing, which they admit is possible because by this injection, could have happened here? Because there's a political agenda and they're desperate to run from it. Because people will go to prison if this fully comes out. My 25-year-old brother who runs marathons, is fit and healthy, had a booster vaccine in December, had a heart attack yesterday. Could that happen? Sure. But why don't we ask the question? Because it's starting to get, it's been long since obvious for a long time. And it makes me sick that we're pretending this isn't happening. Here is the QLD health minister saying that, Nobody can seemingly explain the 40% increase in heart attacks. Nobody, nobody knows what's going on. We're baffled. Don't you love that? Don't you love that when they say we're baffled about the brain diseases? We're baffled about all of the blood clots and all the areas of that. Baffled by it because they don't want to look at it. It is really interesting. Yeah, I don't think anyone can explain why we saw a 40% jump in code ones. And I've, I've seen that as I've traveled. I can. I can explain it. I can't say for sure, but I can sure as hell explain it. What about that thing that causes heart attacks that you admitted can cause heart attacks or blood clots or myocarditis or pericarditis? All the stuff that you know, you utter liar because she knows this stuff. But no, we have no possible clue. Around the state sometimes, I'll walk into an ambulance service and they'll say, we had a 30% increase in code ones yesterday. Can't tell you why. We just had a lot of heart attacks and chest pains and trouble you know, breathing, respiratory issues. Sometimes you can't explain why those things happen, but unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what's the other question? Let's jump to something else quickly. <laughs> yeah, liar. Yeah, we really can very clearly point to the thing that is in fact causing the stuff that you pretend that you can't explain. Very clearly. Here's another point. The prison colony called Australia is actually overwhelmed with heart issues and not COVID. I wonder what's causing that. Guys, this is on the news. They're reporting, we don't know, there's all these overwhelmed. We have all these ambulances docked and waiting because we don't have room for these heart problems. I mean, this is what they're saying. 
Imagine, remember when they talked about the overwhelmed hospitals during COVID? Why don't they care about it in this case? Why aren't the Western press picking this up and going, oh my God, they're overwhelmed by something? I mean, because they know what this ties back to. It's the same story at the Ipswich Hospital. At some stages this afternoon at the Prince Charles Hospital, there was more than half a dozen waiting. Here at the RBWH, I counted at least 10 ambulances in the waiting bay. Now, the health minister's office, Melissa, has been made aware of this situation. David Christofulli, the opposition leader, just today went on the attack, accusing the government of being in the midst of a health crisis. But, Melissa, it's worth noting that the Queensland Ambulance Service has said that this afternoon is an unusually busy afternoon, but waiting three hours to drop patients off certainly is not standard procedure. Melissa, it will be very interesting to see how the government responds to this tomorrow because there simply is no easy answer. God. And it's not, it's not COVID. That's the whole point. I mean, it's incredible. We're watching a, the real pandemic take place and they're just running from it. And don't forget real science yet again. Now, for those that don't want, you know, this people have already, the people that don't want to look at this information have already decided this site's been debunked. So therefore it's all fake news, which is just exactly the point we made in the beginning with the Ukraine story where people are just childish level, just going, well, fake news, because I was told fake news because they look for a site that said this was fake news and they saw the title that said it. They go, I knew it. And they post it below your comment, fake news, without reading either of them. That's the level of idiocy, idiocy we're at. But 930 athlete cardiac arrests, literally every single one of those numbers have a source link below in this article. Every single one of them are shown to have taken the injection and then died. They're not claiming they can prove that caused it because they're being objective. And this is a great site. What they're showing you is beyond a shadow of a doubt, 930 athletes have had cardiac arrests or serious issues. 614 of them died after taking the injection. Now, whether or not the injection caused all of these is up for debate. But think about how crazy that is when you realize that that is about, like, I mean, what was it before? We're at, we're at like 15, 20 times the highest number I've ever seen in a smaller period of time, let alone for two years or even a year. I've shown you the FIFA study and the NIH study that showed you that this was very, very, very much higher than we've ever seen in history. Now, could it be something else? Sure, I'll give you that. Maybe it's something else. But ask yourself why nobody even cares to find out because they know what's happening. Oh, here's another report from uh, NBC. Heart attack instances rose in 2021 with no age bar. Here's what led to it. This is from September 2021. But it says heart attack instances were definitely on the rise in 2021. However, what was more surprising is that there was no age bar when it came to people's encounters with heart attacks. So don't forget how children are almost not affected by COVID when you start pretending this is COVID. Young, healthy, and fit individuals with no medical history have suffered from heart attacks this year, with some cases even leading to deaths. Of course, the pandemic has changed exactly where they go with that. Because COVID did it all. No, it didn't. You can, First of all, even if you think that, you need to prove that if you're going to make that claim. Isn't it funny how they swear up and down that we can't prove, we need to prove this before we make claims about myocarditis, except they don't prove a damn thing and they float all sorts of things that err on the side of their narrative on a daily basis. Pretty inconsistent, isn't it? Sort of like with Ukraine. This is real, guys. They are creating this and hiding it. COVID fine. Here, what you're seeing of 100 euros arrived today for this person. Why? Find for remaining unvaccinated because the narrative stopped, but the agenda never did. It didn't even slow down. 
Italian health system using this information tracks whether you have uh, entered primary vaccine cycle, triple jab. So they're still forcing triple four ongoing jabs, despite everything we just talked about. It's not going away. That's just been put out so they can couch it and act like it's been dismissed or discussed, I guess. They're still going. Boosters and all, everything. Here, Isabella, 11-year-old girl, coerced by her school to get injected, dies four days later. Could it have been something else? Sure. But who cares, right? Because nobody even wants to look at it. This happened to my friend from Pfizer yesterday. This person reporting. Not that you guys seem to be able to see vaccine injury, but thought I'd share in case any of this had gotten too much for you. Of course, you know, people up here, Jordan Sheraton. I didn't even see this, actually. <laughs> it's funny. Is this guy just some of these people are just incapable of, of addressing this topic accurately, right? Oh, interesting. In any case, that's their point is for these. This is happening. Look at this stuff, guys. It's real. I've seen probably 15 different examples of this kind of thing being posted. This is dangerous. Here's another one. Now, this is a different topic. We'll shift over last couple two points here on ethylene oxide. You know, we've talked about all this stuff. Everything we've talked about has been vindicated, guys. And I mean almost everything. I'm a victim, she says, of PCR COVID testing as a healthcare worker that went too far on, interestingly enough, 9-11-2020. Broke my blood-brain barrier. Ethylene oxide poisoning hit my central nervous system that collapsed. I still suffer. This is me today. This is her. Okay? This is her before. This is her today. This was posted. On April 13th, 2022. Here's what it says. Here's her pictures of her, by the way, before we go forward, having tremors nonstop. Now, the, and they, uh, it says they now know them as mild seizures. They wouldn't diagnose them back then. In any case, now it says down here, the warning that no one reads. First of all, the test that we that gives this given to everybody. Now, again, I have no nobody has ever tried to explain why any of these should have ever gone past your nostril. First of all, seeing as how you're they're all screaming how you can just cough and spray these things everywhere, but we're going to jam this back into your brain because that makes sense. Clearly, there's been more happening around this from the very beginning. But just so you can see it, this is the one you should all know by now since we covered it as well. Ethylene oxide gas is how they sterilize these, which is normal. I mean, normal insofar as that's what they do, not that it's just, but they do this on, on tongue suppressors and everything else. The difference is that you don't use tongue suppressors twice a day, once a week, or however often they're using them in certain places, which both of those exist. People, those are people that have to use a test every day because of the jobs they have. Okay. The point is this stuff, as I proved in the show that I covered right here, I call, I discussed it with the company. I called information. I researched the peer reviewed science. The point is that ethylene oxide does leave a residue. And it does collect in your body. So if you take one test, you're probably fine. But there is a small effect because these things aren't safe for you. Ethylene oxide's dangerous, but it's considered safe at the small level. But then when you take a test the next day and the next day and the next day and the ones that get jammed and it goes right into your brain if that's happening like it's happening to her. Well, yes, that can't have an effect. And guess what? She even shows you that. Here's the actual docu document from epa.gov. Look what it says. The major use of ethylene oxide as a chemical intermediate in the manufacture of ethylene glycol, ethylene oxide is also used as a sterilizing agent for medical equipment and a fumigating agent for spices. The acute short-term effects of ethylene oxide in human humans consist mainly of central nervous system depression and irritation of the eyes and mucous membranes. 
chronic long-term exposure, like getting a test every day or every week or an ongoing thing, which it does build up in your body, which I proved to ethylene oxide in humans can cause irritation of the eyes, skin, nose, throat, lungs, and damage to the brain and nervous system. Do you realize how dishonest it is to fake news debunk anybody concerned about that when their their literal EPA document says that in high levels it can literally cause brain damage and nervous system damage? Doesn't this bother people? It really should because this is incredible. And here she is as a healthcare worker suffering. Finally, Biggest fraud in a generation. The looting of the COVID relief plan. Well, gee, who saw that coming? Well, don't forget when it happened in the beginning, right when it started, and they said, oh, no, people abused it. And then we came out and we showed you they abused it. And then they, a month later, said, we're going to boom more money, another billion dollars of funding, and we won't let it happen again. Guess what? It happened again. Because, as I always tell you guys, they would rather be seen as incompetent than criminal. They're robbing you blind and pretending like, whoops, we screwed up again. We slipped on the banana peel, our bad. In my opinion, this was the plan, guys. A massive transfer of wealth under the guise of compromised small business support infrastructure. This was what I predicted and was called a conspiracy theorist. So too were a lot of other people. The bottom line here, guys, is this was the plan as it's least panned out. They sent a lot of money from your pocket, from the average pocket, right up to the top. Because guess what keeps happening? Big business steps in and loots this. And, or they give it to them. And guess what that looks like to me? Not just this, but the CARES Act as well. It looks like funding to people that later took actions that directly undermine their business model. Hmm. Why would the shareholders, like I discussed with Catherine Austin Fitz, why would they be okay with that. Why would the shareholders who only really care, and that's the only real thing they should care about, is their bottom line, why would they allow a company who has shareholders and investors to actually take action that not just undermines their business model, destroys their business model, puts them out of business in regard to how they're operating? Well, because they just got a million dollars, billions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, how much they got from these kind of things. Now, guys, just to understand, that's not a hypothetical. That 100% happened. Now, whether or not that was the plan and whether or not that was a broad, far-reaching thing, that's what you should debate on. But we know this happened. We know we saw large companies get caught taking these things, even though it was supposed to go to small businesses. Maybe that's why Trump pretended McDonald's and different things were small businesses, but they're not. They're just small-sized businesses. They're gigantic. And in fact, they're the companies we're trying to point out are taking advantage of you. Biggest fraud in a generation, except they called you fake news when you said that's what was going to happen back when it started. See, that's how this works. They love to point it out after the fact once the people that did it get away with it and act like we're journalists holding, you know, speaking truth to power. I mean, just think about how pathetic that is. How these people, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, any of them who generally try to pretend their job is to speak truth to power when all they do is regurgitate what power tells them to say about Ukraine, about COVID, about anything else pretty damn pathetic. But it's coming out. It's coming out. It depends on what you do next. Right? That's all that matters. What you do next. What you do next will dictate what comes next. Now, I say you, I mean the people. 
you as an individual, but also us and collectively everyone. Because if we don't do anything about this, they're just going to come back. They're going to force the masks in. They're going to point to some new threat. And they're going to say, well, we don't know for sure. And they're going to shout you down in the Western press again. And we'll, we'll wave all the science again. They're going to say you're a conspiracy theorist. They're going to censor you again. Like it's the same pattern. It goes over and over and over until we realize that we are the majority and we put our foot down. As Corbett said right in the beginning, this doesn't stop until we stop it. So if it doesn't stop, then we don't care enough to stop it. We need to take action. We need to stand up, stop it from happening. Whatever that means to you, bring it to fruition. Now, I do not ever advocate for violence, and I always make that clear because that's not the way to go, in my opinion. I know people disagree. Violence begets violence, but my bo the bottom line is it is time to do something about it because it's going to happen again. Thank you for tuning in today. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Thought I had it pulled up at the top. <laughs> I wanted to play with something very specific. Let's see. Uh, hmm. Let's see. Let's make it good since I'm waiting now. Okay, well, let's do this one since I haven't played. I haven't done the COVID stuff in a while, so I always forget to have it lined up. But thank you for being here, guys. And I like as I actually, I'm glad I waited because I wanted to make sure I pointed out that that it's we will continue to cover this because it's important. But I'm very torn, as you can tell, by what's the the Ukraine conversation because it's really difficult to wait. Have both. I get these long shows when I try to conclude everything on all that's happening, but we have to see that they're connected. They really are. And we'll do our best to keep everything coming to you as, as much as possible. All right. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. I see all the people led into deception by the very men found Blinded by the promises, unknowingly sold despair. So leave your herd of sheep and follow this shepherd to revolutionary ends. The world that you knew has changed around you, it's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for Revolution Revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare So arm your fellow man As it's become destructive To its own ends 
world that you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are you ready for? Are you ready for? Are you ready for? Now it's happening all around you. If you cannot see, pull aside the curtain and see the war machine. It's time for you to rise up, rise up and prepare to arm your fellow man. Cause it's become destructive to its own ends. World that you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are you ready for? Are you ready for? Are you ready for? Now it's happening all around you. If you cannot see, then pull aside the curtain and see the war machine. It's time for you to rise up, rise up and prepare to arm your fellow man. They become destructive to their own ends. World that you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are they ready for? Are they ready for? Are they ready 